Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. We're back here. It's Monday. We're talking about the NFL draft. It was fun. What an awesome weekend. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fantasy talent. Second round and beyond. On Friday's show, we did talk about uh, the first round. It wasn't so much in terms of fantasy. with a lot of defensive players picked, but we knew. We knew, Heath, I would say that round one was a prelude. What was it? A prelude to, to the kiss? Prelude to a kiss. Prelude to a kiss. Apparently one of the greatest movies of Bluff. our generation. Blockbuster. Yeah. And uh, we got smooched big time over the weekend by the NFL draft. We're all here. Dave, Jamie, and Heath in Fort Lauderdale. I'm in New York. Let's talk about it. Uh, give me the, the NFL draft pick that had the biggest fantasy impact or that will have the biggest fantasy impact in 2019. Jamie, Dave Heath. Uh, Daryl Henderson. What? Really? No. Really? Uh, yeah. Maybe. In, maybe. In, All right. Impact on the guy that he's going to be playing behind potentially or maybe playing in front of. I mean, here I was thinking this was an easy answer. Josh Jacobs. Well, we don't give the easy answer, Dave. Well, you didn't give the Somebody easy answer, but him. I sure did. So Daryl Henderson, Rams running back. <laughs> Actually, that is a that is a really bad answer, Jamie. Like that cannot be the guy. Who no, 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 no. I, I, Why is it a bad answer? He came from a different angle than you were expecting. Well, if, how if, many? Well, we already talked about Josh Jacobs on Friday. That's if okay. that acquisition the causes from the angle I thought he was looking for causes Todd Gurley to not be a top twelve running back, then it would be a bigger fantasy impact than Josh Jacobs is going to have. I am, but that's a, not the way I was thinking of it. I am in a uh, magazine draft right now that started Sunday night, so after the draft already happened, and Todd Gurley went fifth overall. Whew. Yep, I think it's a little too soon. No, thank you. Okay, so so Henderson was taking in the third round. Mm-hmm. How how much impact does he have? Uh, you know, let's let's talk about it. How many carries does he take away from Todd Gurley? Who, over the last two seasons, Todd Gurley was fifth in carries per game and second in carries per game. I think he's going to be a, an impact. Uh, I hope it's not an impact. I, I guess I'll, I'll frame it that way. But I think you know we what we know from Todd Gurley's situation, the fact that they. Spent a third-round pick on what some people may have considered the second-best running back in this class is, to me, an indication that Gurley is still dealing with something that they're concerned about. Or that they have no intention of using him like they did the last two years to make sure he's healthy for the playoffs. Either way, I think it's bad. There's more to it than that. Remember Malcolm Brown signed a restricted free agent contract with Detroit and the Rams decided to match it? That should speak to it a little bit. I think Henderson speaks to it a lot more. And I think Heath really nailed it on the head. I think they still want to use Gurley, but A, they want to take a little bit off of his plate, maybe a lot bit off his plate, and B, they've got an even better contingency plan for uh, if Gurley misses time than what they had late last season. Give me carries per game that you expect from Todd Gurley. 15. I'm doing the math. Sorry. Because I, I, did, I did math on 16. If he had 16 carries per game, and he averaged 4.8 yards per carry, which is what he's been at over the last two seasons, 4.7 and 4.9. Uh, 16 carries per game at that rate would be one. Th- oh, it would be 76.8 rushing yards per game, which would have been seventh best in 2017, sixth best in 2018, and that's without the receiving totals and obviously the touchdowns. The funny thing is, these guys both said 15, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't projected for 15.1. 
So I think we uh, know exactly how many Garys he's going to get. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, where would you take Todd Gurley now, given all the things we just discussed? Round two. Round two for me. The one-two turn. Yeah. Yeah, top 15 right. pick. Okay, Dalvin Cook or uh, they also Minnesota also added a running back. Dalvin Cook or Todd Gurley? Gurley. Still Gurley, but it's close. I have them back-to-back. So now. do I. And I, I think that that situation in Minnesota is not like that was a little bit of a bad thing for Dalvin Cook because that the running back they drafted Alexander Madison that dude is a finisher is that it's dude a great show on Broadway too yes <laughs> I, I had that song in my head I had that song in my head and some of it like really applies to him he's got a pretty inter- interesting backstory if you ever get a chance to look at it but uh yeah I think he could steal some touchdowns from Cook he's isn't he just going to get plugged into the Latavius Murray role I I would say so that's what I think is going to happen yeah, I think what I like. So this is Alexander Madison, third round pick out of Boise, going to uh, His going to. His name is. <laughs> I actually don't know the song, but it's still a funny joke. Uh, going to Minnesota, and yeah, you don't love to see them taking a running back in the third round, but you know they want to run the ball a lot. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, this is not someone I would really expect to hurt Dalvin Cook in the passing game, which would be obviously a good thing. No, but I mean, you could say maybe Abdullah does. Oh, stop. <laughs> a little dabble do you. Madison's on Broadway. Abdullah is in a hot dog cart on like ninth and third. <laughs> ninth and third. Okay. So, uh, Dave, you would say Josh Jacobs would be the most impactful pick this year? Yeah, I mean, that's the lazy answer. Do you want an answer that's not as lazy? No. Sure. Mecole Hardman. Yes. Yes, that's what I wanted to hear. Top 100 pick. Oh, my gosh. So excited about him. He had him third in his rookie receiver rankings. I don't know the other who David Jamie had. We're going to do top three at each position. This is the Chiefs guy. Very excited. Yeah, to be clear, I did not. I do not have him third in my dynasty receiver rankings. I did not have him anywhere close to third before the draft. I, he, the thing that scares me is if you watch his highlights, his highlight reel looks a lot like Tyreek Hill. That is a really bad reason to draft a player to replace Tyreek Hill. But I'm sure there's more to it than just that did you watch more than his highlight reel i have not watched more than his he's highlight reel. he's yeah he's got a he's got a ways to go yeah but they used him at uh georgia on sweeps screens a lot of the same ways that the chiefs have used tyreek hill so it, it's gonna take it's gonna take a little while for him to even come close to tyreek hill but we, we were talking about this today he could he be 50 percent of what tyreek hill was last year yeah i think it's more fair to look at him as if he is rookie tyreek hill yes yeah. tyreek hill was not a very polished wide receiver when he came into the league he still made an impact because of the big plays and hardman can do that but he's not 2018 tyreek hill. i think he's more polished than tyreek was when he came into the league if I'm comparing the two, I think Hardman is uh, one step higher, but still several steps from the top. Okay, 2016 Tyreek Hill's rookie season, 61 catches, 593 yards, six touchdowns, and then three more rushing touchdowns with 267 rushing yards on 24 carries. Uh, and Heath, who is the most imp- impactful player you know, or draft pick? I'm going to try to be creative now, too, since everybody's being creative. I will go with a combo, Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown. Mm. They, I get that. They have, first off, that the fact that they spent the resources they did on those two players really made me reconsider 
the run-pass split that I had for the Ravens' offense. I still think they'll be run-heavy. They'll probably still be the most run-heavy in the league, but I had them the most run-heavy in the league by like 5 or 10%. Um, these are two good weapons for Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens might have a little more success throwing the ball now. Yeah, and a first-round pick and a third-round pick. Miles Boykin out of Notre Dame in the third round, and he's six foot four, two twenty. And then, of course, they're so different. You know, Hollywood Brown in the first round, Marquise Brown, uh, he's five nine, one hundred and sixty-six. And I want to go back because on Friday, I think I really reacted poorly to the Marquise Brown pick. I was, I didn't want to see him go in, to Baltimore because I don't, I don't trust uh, Jackson as a passer, but. Marquise Brown is the type of guy that can do so much after the catch that I really think I overreacted there, so please forgive me. Um, I, we got a lot to get to here, so we'll go quicker on this question here. The NFL draft pick that won't have as much fantasy impact as you think. Heath, Dave, Jamie. Heath, kick it off. Won't have as much fantasy impact as you think. I mean, he's slid on draft days. So maybe people aren't thinking he's going to have as much impact, but I will go with DK Metcalf. And I reserve the right to change that if Doug Baldwin does, in fact, retire. There was a tweet that made it sound like he probably isn't going to retire. I don't think they're going to throw the ball enough. And I don't think Metcalf is polished enough to have that much of an impact as a rookie. I have two. Marquise Brown is one because I think people – tend to gravitate toward the first player at a given position drafted and say, well, he must be the best one, and we've seen his highlights, and they don't consider the offense, what they want to do, the quarterback. So he's one. And the other one is Noah Fant, who I think some people are over the moon for. I think he's going to need some time. And I don't, I don't, I don't love – this is where I'm going to contradict myself because I love the opportunity. I think he's going to get on the field. Maybe not as much as we'd like to begin, but once they get to week five or week six, he'll probably be playing a lot. But I still don't – everybody's going crazy about Joe Flacco loves his tight ends. Maybe 20% of the receptions will go to Noah Fant. I don't know how many receptions he's going to get. I don't know how much he's going to play. And I think Noah Fant is not a refined prospect. I think he's a little raw too. So I think people might jump the gun on him. Okay, Noah Fant. I think it's going to be his case for both rookie tight ends that were drafted early. In terms yeah, of jumping the gun. Hawkinson, eighth overall. Fant, yep. um, was it 20th, 20th first overall? Yep. I, I kind of feel the same way about both of them, though. Yep. I think both of them are okay to have on your team as a, as a streamer to begin the year or as like a wait-and-see type of a prospect. Yeah. I'm not going – I'm not chasing them down, though, on draft day. And Fant – and the thing about Flacco is, yeah, he'll throw to his tight end, but he just doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. I mean, if you get 25 touchdowns out of – Flacco, that's a great year, basically, and tight ends really need touchdowns. And that's if he plays the whole and season. That's if he plays, of course. They they did draft the quarterback. Jamie, the fantasy, the NFL draft pick that won't have as much fantasy impact as you think. Uh, I think Marquise Brown is is my answer as well, but I'll also say AJ Brown. Um, I was a little that's frustrated a with the with the Titans taking him for a couple reasons. One, Mariota is also not exactly the best passer, and in, in a system that doesn't exactly throw the ball a ton. And I also think if you look at A.J. Brown's uh, profile, he's a better slot receiver than he is an outside guy. He did play outside when Metcalf uh, dealt with some injuries last season, so he can do it. But his strength, I think, would be to play in the slot. And I, I, I love the comparison of him and, and Juju Smith-Schuster if you read a lot of the um, draft profiles on him. But signing Adam Humphreys this offseason, you can't put him outside. So if you're going to have a receiving core – on paper, that makes sense. It's Corey Davis and A.J. Brown on the outside and, and Humphreys on the inside. And then if you get you know Delaney Walker coming back to health, I think A.J. Brown's ceiling is a little bit limited, certainly as a rookie. So um, 
I wish he would have ended up in a better scenario. Like, I think a lot of these receivers are so talented, but they didn't exactly end up in great spots. Yeah. And that's, I think, what's frustrating about this class is there's so much talent, but there wasn't a lot of great destinations. I Yeah, and I, I think I was just looking at previous drafts and the 2017 draft if you go back and look at the running backs in the 2017 NFL draft, it's going to be like legendary. It's Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Deontay Foreman, James Conner, uh, Samaj P. Ryan, Tariq Cohen. I won't read the rest, but uh, Jamal Williams was around four pick. Marlon- Ooh, Samaj P. Ryan. How did Samaj P. Ryan sneak into that? Uh, Marlon Mack was around four pick. Elijah McGuire, Aaron Jones around five picks. Chris Carson was around seven. It was P. Ryan that made the class. Yeah. Joe Williams and Donnell Pumphrey, too. They also made the class. But no, Wayne Gallman. No, but this is a great running back draft two years ago. I, I don't know. I feel like the wide receiver class where we won't get the stars. You know, we may not get the superstars. But I think it's really good. I, I'm, I'm excited about this group of wide receivers, guys. Three years from now, when they all enter, the, or two and a half, two years from now, when they're entering their third year, I would not be surprised at all if we've got 10 of these guys that are top 30 receivers. Like, right. I would be very surprised if we had 10 but I that don't, were top 30 receivers. But I don't know if we have any this year. 10 uh, guys from this class will be top 30 in fantasy? I, I think there could be. In three years. There's a lot of very good guys. I don't know if there's five. <laughs> okay. I'm serious. Well, who's, I, who, okay, so Heath, who are you thinking? Obviously, Marquise Brown, Nikhil Harry, the first rounders, they've got that potential. I think Metcalf has that potential long term. I, I would I agree. Think, I think I think Debo Samuel think I, has that potential. That's another example of a rough landing. Paris spot, Campbell. That's my uh, Metcalf. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I get what Seattle's trying to do. Like they 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 admitted they wanted to get speed on offense. They they said that Tyler Lockett can't be our only deep threat, and they they want to. They're saying they want to use Russell Wilson's arm more. One in of 2019. the one of the Arizona guys. Oh, yeah. it should be Butler. I think it should be Butler, too. I'm with you guys. We haven't said you Paris Campbell's name yet. Who? Paris Campbell. He's my no, favorite. They, they, yeah. He's Paris, my favorite. Paris Campbell's in a good spot. I, I think, like, Paris Campbell went two picks after J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who went oh, to such Philly. such a weird pick. <laughs> like, those should have been crazy? flopped. Like, because like, I wonder if, if Philadelphia had any interest in Miko Hardman, who went one pick ahead of them, because he's this little guy who can fly. And I think the Eagles really need speed on offense. Like, our Sega they drafted, they drafted an Alshon Jeffrey Cohn. Right, exactly. Like, a guy like, who's not that fast, who you know is great at getting up in the air and getting the ball. Um, that you was, know, it, it was funny. The consensus on our draft panel was they was shocked that he was six two because right, he plays it looks like, like he's, he's six, plays six. right? Yeah. But the Eagles do such a great job uh, of drafting, not necessarily for the immediate future. They draft for the long term future. And I was the first thing I, when they drafted him, I went and looked at Alshon Jeffrey's contract, and he signed for another two years, I believe. So unless they're going to cut him next year, um, it did it didn't make any sense because you know bringing in Deshaun Jackson, you feel like that's a real position of strength for them. It, it just it was weird. Yeah, I, I do like the fact, just from a fantasy perspective, that the Eagles use their first three picks on offense tackle in round one and then a running back and a wide receiver mm-hmm. and i think this is you know we got this go to our draft tracker cbsports.com slash nfl slash draft draft and there's just a quick write-up on every pick and then if you click on the pick there's more of a scouting report so it's really good it's really helpful and then prisco has the grades in the write-up 
And here's what he wrote for Deontay Johnson, who's a Toledo wide receiver that was picked by the Steelers. I think it's a little high for him, but who am I to argue with the Steelers when it comes to drafting wide receivers? They know what they're doing. They'll be fine. And that's well said. I like that. Deontay Johnson out of Toledo. You just Yeah. They're good. I, I liked watching him play. He's uh he's pretty shifty, uh good downfield speed, and pretty good hands, good route set. Could be their slot receiver. Well, we're we're about to find out if the Steelers are good at drafting receivers because what they did last year and what they did this year is gonna really test that. Yep. By drafting James Washington, by getting rid of Antonio Brown, and by drafting Deontay Johnson. Um uh, Bryant McFadden, former Steelers cornerback, was uh, is is part of our um, NFL analyst group and um, on CBS Sports HQ, and he was part of our draft coverage. And uh, we were having a conversation off air about two guys that they drafted when he was there, which were Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders, and they had the luxury of letting those two guys battle it out on a week to week basis. This is before obviously Antonio blew up, and even Sanders became the guy that he. Yeah, but they had the luxury of having those two guys just every week. What the way Bryant described it was, it was uh, they had a fight for a hat, and it was back and forth all the time. And he said it was just really fun to watch because you could see how talented that they were. So it's going to be interesting to see how these uh, how these young Steelers receivers operate and can they beat out the great Dante Moncrief for uh, for a starting role. So I'm sure you guys have been working on your uh, <laughs> your uh, rankings for 2019. So just of the rookies. Give me your top three at each position for 2019. I'll start with you, Dave. Your top three quarterbacks. Murray, Haskins, Locke. Murray, Haskins, Locke. Jamie. Uh, Murray, Haskins, Jones. Murray, Haskins, Jones. Heath. Murray, Haskins, Locke. Okay. So two Murray, Haskins, Locks, and one Murray, Haskins, Jones. And um, you and know. it's I think it's like really probably Murray, Haskins, Nope. <laughs> it's like could be Murray for 2019 at least. Yeah, Murray Haskins in two quarterback leagues. Nope. Okay, how about running backs? Dave, top three running backs uh, in 2019. Top three rookies: Jacobs, Montgomery, Sanders. Okay. Same. I actually right now for 2019 only have Sanders ahead of Montgomery. Hmm. But I see it. Jacobs, Sanders, Montgomery. So, okay, Josh Jacobs for Oakland, Montgomery for uh, the Bears. We'll talk about that. And Miles Sanders out of Penn State for uh, Philadelphia. He was the second running back picked. Then it was Daryl Henderson for the Rams. We're not going to be so high on him right now. And then David Montgomery was the— So this is a weird pick to me, David Montgomery, um, just because the, the Bears had, had, like, no draft capital— and they spend an early pick, and they traded up for him, too. They gave up picks for David Montgomery. I wish he were faster. He's kind well, If he of, was faster, he would have been the top pick of the draft. Well, I just, I, he's like, the top feels running like back in the draft. Jordan Howard. I, I don't know. No, he's not. No, he's, he's much better than Jordan He's Howard, Matt Forte. He's Matt Forte? He is Matt Forte. He, he, he plays faster than he ran. He's 4 6 3, 40. Like, how could he be Matt Forte? No, yeah, I, but Jacobs didn't run well either. Right, and, and Jacobs definitely plays faster than he runs. I don't know if, if Montgomery plays as fast as Jacobs. No. He, I, he's going to get caught from behind a lot. But if he gets volume, which I think he can actually get in Chicago to a decent degree, including goal line work, he's going to have dividends straight away. Yeah. I, he, he is a top 50 pick for me. I, I mean, if, if, they, if they were willing to give up picks to move up to get him, you got to feel like they want to, they want to feature yes. him, right? 
especially with their limited draft capital. I think right. I saw that they had him as their number one running back on their draft board. I, I mean, they can say that now after the fact. For, uh, I'd, sure be, I'd be surprised if that was really the truth. I had him as my, as my yeah, number one. Yeah, you liked him as your number one guy. Okay, this is David Montgomery. Yeah, he was my pick for the Bears. Um, just on this sub- subject, do we think Devin Singletary, who went one pick later, five foot seven running back out of FAU, now going to the Bills? He's been compared to LaShawn McCoy. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we think he will lead the Bills in carries this year? Only if they cut McCoy, which they could. Yeah, there's a couple of guys like that that could get cut, that could really or retire, that would really create some opportunities for some of these rookies. Um, I was not real high on Singletary before the draft, but and it's so weird that they signed Frank Gore, they signed T.J. Yeldon, then they drafted running back this high. It almost seemed like they. It's have weird, to. yeah. It's, it's really weird. But but again, you know, you could look at it as okay. Our guys for this year are McCoy, Gore in an emergency. We'll see what we get out of Yeldon, and then Singletary's kind of let's just use him as a, you know, called a gadget player. But Singletary could be their guy 2020 easily. And it's set up perfectly for him to do that because their offensive line is much better. It's improving. Allen will be a better quarterback a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like Singletary and dynasty Yeah, because I think in long term he can be very, very good. There's one year left on LaShawn McCoy's deal. If they cut him, they save six million off the cap. And they yeah. only they have to eat two point six million in dead money, so they could definitely let him go. And after he spoiled the movie, <laughs> maybe, maybe they will. Yeah, I can't believe that. I mean, but, I, but I for care, the, if, but. assuming he's on the team, uh, a that's a, that's a really nice running back group that they have. Um, I believe that Gore is Devin Singletary's idol. Yes, and then in you know he's kind of a clone of single of Lashawn McCoy, so. They're going to mix and match. It's going to be a pain in the butt each week. Don't draft a Bills running back this year. There is one running back that I don't like. I would not put on this list, and nobody put him on their draft board. But I think he might challenge this group. Bryce Love. What? Bryce Love. No, no, no. Bruce Anderson, Mister Anderson, free agent, signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the draft. Yeah. He's a Tampa kid. He, I think he's I. The Philip Lindsay story all over again. Yeah, I I think he might be their starting running back for like half the season. Uh, one of my guys, uh, sixth round pick, Darwin Thompson. Um, yeah. I I think you know the Chiefs they didn't uh-huh. have a lot of draft picks, and you know you look at Damian Williams. I'm not sold on him being the guy there. Um, Carlos Hyde is I think kind of a stopgap option. I don't know if Thompson's going to end up being the featured guy, but you know you you've seen what they've done with uh, day two and day three running backs in the past. And uh, I mean we've talked about this before. Damian Williams career high in carries for a season is 50. I'm going the exact other way. I think Williams is their guy. I think he's their guy to start. I don't think he's their guy to finish. I don't. I mean, last time he had a chance to be a starter in the NFL, he got hurt. So um, I'm not sold on him being. I'm not even sure for 16 games. Was Was he even the starter for Miami when he got hurt? He was. That was I the story. didn't realize he was starting. Yeah. I knew he was playing more, obviously, but I didn't know he was starting. Kadri Olison for Pittsburgh in round five. I mean, certainly has a chance to be a complimentary back. We know they like I'm, to use. Too. You mean Atlanta? Yeah. Sorry, he's out of Pitt. He's from sorry. Pitt. Right, um, Atlanta in round five. Yeah, um, he's Edo Smith a year after Edo Smith. Right, was right. The third guy, right. And just before he he was taken, Kadri uh, Olison by the Falcons, Ryquell Armstead taken by the Jaguars. We know there's some issues there with Leonard Fournette, so you, you never know. You never know. Maybe we're that's skipping a over a pretty big name that went in the third round, I believe. 
Damian Harris. Yeah, this is the, yeah. this is the most. I didn't intend to talk about all the running backs now. Uh, I was going to do just do a top three, but it, hey, let's just stick with it. I'm enjoying this conversation. This was the maybe, I don't know. Is this the weirdest pick of the draft? Damian, Damian Weeder's like it, offensive it, pick? It makes sense from what the Patriots uh, <clears throat> tend to do, which is take good players, um, you know, and, and continue the uh, SEC connection, the Nick Saban connection. Um, it's frustrating fantasy wise, though, just because, you know, you, you saw what Sony Michelle could be. Or, or at least hopefully still will be. Um, this this is, I think, more of an indication on two things. One, Rex Burkhead as the number two guy, and two, James White's contract expires after next season. So he could, or after this season, excuse me, he's free agent in 2020. So this could be the James White replacement. But I, I think Harris is talented enough that they're going to play him. And if they're going to play him, they're going to take away from, I think, everybody in a little, little regard. Are you going to move Sony Michelle down? Spot or two. Is there any rookie running back you'd rather have ahead of Sony Michelle? Jacobs? You make an argument for Jacobs, sir. I've I think I may have Jacobs ahead of him in PPR. All right, let's go to wide receiver. Give me your top three wide rookie wide receivers for two thousand nineteen. Uh Dave, we'll start with you again. I'll go with Paris Campbell one, Mecole Hardman two, Marquise Brown three. Interesting interesting list. This one might be a little bit And more only the top the two backs. are top one hundred picks. Brown, for me, is not. He is just outside the top right, 100. Col- Colts wide receiver, Paris Campbell. Chiefs wide receiver, Nicole Hardman. And you said Marquise Brown, the Ravens, yep. number three. Okay, uh, Heath? Paris Campbell, one. Uh, I've got Nikhil Harry, two. And Nicole Hardman, three. Okay, Nikhil Harry, the first-round pick for the Patriots. So he's two for Heath. Jamie, who's your top three rookie wide receivers? I'll go Debo Samuel, one. Uh, Nikhil Harry, two. And Paris Campbell, three. Yeah, I had a feeling this one was going to lead to more debate. <laughs> Debo Samuel, third running, or third wide receiver off the board, 36th overall. South Carolina wide receiver going to San Francisco. They also added a wide receiver in the third round, Jalen Hurd from Baylor. Uh, Hurd is six foot five, two twenty six. A nice compliment to Samuel, who's five eleven, two fourteen, and of course they have Dante Pettis, who we love. So I guess you know, let's stick with the rookie angle here. So. Debo Samuel, number one for Jamie. Paris Campbell, number one for Dave this year and for Heath. I'll let you, Jamie, take it away why you have Samuel one. Oh, I just think it's, you know, you look at this receiving core. Um, it's Pettis and, yeah. Uh, Hurd, I don't know if he's going to end up playing strictly receiver. He's kind of a combo type of guy that could play running back if they wanted to. He could play tight end if they wanted to. Um, he did a bunch of things at Baylor. Six foot five, he could play running back? Well, he he did play. He, he did play. Running he back. played running yeah. back at Tennessee. He suffered a concussion and quit the team, and transferred to Baylor. Yeah, to it, be a it's wide a, it was a weird. So pick. I don't think he's going to yeah. be a running back. Uh, I agree, but I'm saying like you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan said he's kind of a jack of all trades for us. It just was a weird pick. Um, but you look at this receiving core. Um, this this I, this hurts uh, Pettis in my opinion because he could play in slot in terms of Samuel, but he could do a lot of uh, things. Um, I just trust Kyle Shanahan's system, and I think you're going to see this kid get a ton of targets in his rookie season, and I love the fit for him just going to this type of offense. I did downgrade Pettis because of this pick. I'm struggling with what to do with the 49ers targets because right now I've got about 250 going to Kittle and the running backs. and so You can just stop the Kittle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think they're going to probably still throw the ball a lot to their running backs, though, whichever Mm -hmm. one it is. And so I'm a little worried about Pettis and Samuel and and whether either of them get enough targets to be really good in fantasy. Yeah, I'll – I'll take Pettis all day long. I'm, oh, I like I'm Pettis trust, better, but I don't think he's going to be as good as he could have been. 
by them spending the capital that they did on the receiver position. I, I'm going to go with the speed, the second year factor. Uh, he lined up inside and outside. Samuel, or yeah, Samuel can do the exact same thing. He can line up everywhere. Um, he's not as much of a burner as Pettis. He's like a, I don't even know if he's shorter than Pettis, uh, but he's like a stockier version of Pettis with like a slightly slower gear. I'm not going to say that Samuel is slow. He's got good speed, um, but he's he's like a, a better pass catcher who, if they scheme him open, can gain plenty of yards after the catch. So Paris Campbell is you know someone we like, I guess, and love. Uh, well, let me let me just pour a little cold water on that because I you know I looked at every single year of Andrew Luck, every healthy year for Andrew Luck in his career, and he's really not come through. A number two wide receiver, I think only once, has had 800 yards, and that was Andrew Luck's rookie year where Reggie Wayne had 1,355 yards and T.Y. Hilton had 861. So he throws a lot to the tight ends. We know that. He throws to the running backs. He just so far has not featured a number two wide receiver. I mean, think about that. This is one of the best quarterbacks in football, and we pretty much, I don't think we've ever had, other than that rookie year, 2012, when it was Hilton and Wayne, I don't think we've ever really had two reliable wide receivers, although I guess you could argue 2013, Reggie Wayne only played seven games, but when he was healthy, he did have 503 yards. I I think um, this may, like, I don't disagree with anything you just said, Paris Campbell is my number one rookie receiver for this year, but I don't have a rookie receiver in the top 40. Okay, okay, okay. That, that's a good way to frame it. So does anybody, did Jamie and Dave, do you have any? No, rookie? no, no, no. I'm still working through this. So Samuel, by the time we get to the end of the day, may not be the number one guy for me. Campbell is my number 34th ranked receiver overall in PPR. I've got him 41. So I mean, we're not, we're not a long way away. Right, but I, I think that they drafted him for a reason – and I think he's a great volume type of receiver. He was used. I mean, we talked about this before the draft. Jamie nailed the comparison. Percy Harvin, um, sans weed. That's what this guy is. And sans migraines. That's what Paris Campbell is. He's got a, a really good mind for football. Ohio State used him in that role. I think he could be better than that role. But it's going to take him proving that to the Colts coaching staff. But Frank Reich just added another incredible piece of the offense it, it to me this cements Andrew Luck as the number one quarterback in fantasy this year all the moves that they've made they, they have surrounded him with unreal talent at receiver way better than what he had last year and a great offensive line uh, he, he, he's going to throw more touchdowns than anybody else it's going to be a lot of fun with the th- Three tight end, two wide receiver sets. Paris Campbell. I'm, you're going to see it. He's going to call Devin Funches a tight end right now. Go ahead. Oil and Funches. You'll they'll get rid of the running back quick because they can line Paris Campbell up back there and still have four receivers out if they want to. And literally, they could use both Ebron Doyle and Devin Funches at the same time. I'm pretty sure. I think I actually think this hurts T.Y. Hilton a little bit. Ah, uh, I don't know. I, I look. I, you certainly make that case. Like. They've just brought in two wide receivers. T.Y. Hilton's going to get his. You said a little bit. Did, like, are you going to drop him in your rankings? Are you going to put T.Y. Hilton behind like A.J. Green, Keenan I, Allen? I don't know if I, I already have A.J. Green ahead of T.Y. Hilton. You do. Uh, I've got the, the next guy to drop Hilton behind would be Amari Cooper, and I don't know if I'm heading there. Okay, so. But I'm 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 over the moon for Mr. Campbell. All right, that's wide receiver, and. and 
I, I mean, DK Metcalf is certainly fun. Uh, <laughs> he's just he's got he's got a weird he's got like a, like this physique that's unbelievable. He walked into his interview with Pete Carroll with his shirt off, and then Pete Carroll took his shirt off, and it was funny. Um, and he like right now. Tyler Lockett, is he skyrocketing up your rankings with this Doug Baldwin news? No. No. Uh, no, He's solidifying the spot that he was in. Here's a a question for everybody. Name the last wide receiver that the Seattle Seahawks groomed and developed into a star receiver. Tyler Lockett. I like it. All right, name another then. (laughs) He's not a star. He's not a star. Doug Baldwin? No, he was on the... uh, how long did it take Doug well, to get there? It was several years, right? Two years? I just don't think there's enough. Like, even if they only, if Baldwin's gone, I'm still not sure there's enough targets for Lockett and Metcalf to both be good. So the thing about Lockett is that he, he scored a bunch of touchdowns. Dave, I gave you the stat earlier. I might, I might forget it, but I think he's had like 20 touchdowns in his career, and six of them have come in the red zone. Six of them. So it's just like they need a red zone target. Doug Baldwin led them in red zone targets last year. DK Metcalf. Six of 19 touchdowns. Six of 19. For inside the red zone. For Lockett. Like, DK Metcalf fills that role. That makes so much sense. That I don't think it's a crazy prediction to say DK Metcalf could lead rookie receivers in touchdown catches. No. No. Not at all. Oh, thank you. We we actually, I think, had the over-under on our draft show. I think he scored five last year. Who? Metcalf? Metcalf had five last year? I think so. I can check. And I think you know we we had the over under would, would he would he beat his college numbers in seven games? Yeah, seven games, five hundred sixty nine yards and five touchdowns. Only twenty six right. catches, but five right. of them for touchdowns. Right, and so I I I took the over slightly on the catches, uh, but the touchdowns I think you could say it's it's right there if you're going to set the number. He had seven in twenty seventeen. He played twelve games then. That was twenty seventeen. It's old news. So twelve touchdowns in nineteen games for. For uh, the statue of David, I'm gonna get your, <laughs> I'm gonna get your uh, top three tight ends for 2019. We're gonna take a quick break on fantasy football today. Come back and talk tight ends. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Oh, here we go. Uh, your top three tight ends for that was a mix between here we go and here we are. Here we go. Top three tight ends. Uh, Jamie, why don't we start with you for 2019? The rookies. Um, Hawkinson, Fant, and Sternberg for the Packers. Jeez. Yeah, I would like to see. There was uh, I think it was WEI reported, which I thought would have made tremendous sense on day three for the Patriots to trade for Kyle Rudolph. Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah, Irv because Smith. Irv Smith went to the Minnesota. Yeah, right. you know he's in the final year of his deal yes. for Rudolph, and if they could find a way to make that happen, I think it would be, be a great fit. You get Rudolph, which I'm oh sure he's probably gosh. upset. He's probably upset. You, you you get him to a team that can clearly need him, um, because right now one of the most overdrafted people in fantasy is going to be Austin Sparrington. <laughs> probably, you're right. Okay, so so you said Hawkinson one, then Fant, then Sternberger. Yeah, but I I think Hawkinson and Fant are one and one A. I think they both are in good situations. Hawkinson should be in a better situation, I hope. Um, but we've seen the Lions; uh, they're the only team in the last ten years to draft a tight end twice in in the first ten picks, and they completely butchered Eric Ebron. Obviously, different regime, but still, they they took a kid who was talented, who was worthy of being a, a top ten pick at the time, or at least a first round pick at the time. Um, and it's funny if you want to like, you're going to look back at the 2019 draft and Daniel Jones name is going to stick out like a sore thumb, just where they took him. If his career ends up where a lot of people on the negative side of things think it's going to go. Uh, if you look back on the 2014 draft, because you can Eric Ebron's name jumps off the page. Like that's the point where like they did what? (laughs) Yeah. And the the other two tight ends since like 97 that were drafted in the top 10 or whatever it was, was Kellen Winslow and, and Vernon Davis. And neither of them produced in their rookie year. Right. Winslow, you know, of so like I, I think Hawkinson will be okay in 2019. I don't think he's going to be fantastic because he's a rookie tight end. And then you wonder, do the Lions have the same coach next year? Because if Patricia fails after everything that happened this year, that you may fire him. Is Matthew Stafford still the quarterback there? Like they could ruin him. Uh, let's go. Uh, Jamie has to. Jamie has to leave. Uh, yes, uh, we'll 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 talk about Game of Thrones. Um. Another time, but just not today. Yeah, what a shame. I'd like to talk about it, but uh, we'll do that some other time. Let's see. Dave, Heath, give me your top three tight ends. I, I agree with Jamie. I think it's pretty uh, obvious at this point that Hawkinson won, Fant two, and Jace, don't call me Howard Sternberger three. I think it's like in 2019, it's probably nope, nope, and nope. But I would put Hawkinson one. I would put Fant two. I do have a little gap between them. I think Hawkinson's... It's more likely to be a top twelve guy. Um, I like. I don't really care who's three for two thousand nineteen, but I don't hate the chances for maybe Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sternburner is molasses. He, he is a Sternburner. He is so slow. <laughs> he is. Yeah, dude. He's at like three, uh, four, seven, five, forty. Well, for a tight end, that's pretty good. But was it? That, I, it's not no actually good, but it's pretty good. DJ Hawkinson was four seventy four uh, four point four seventy four point seven. So just I, I a little am better. Um, I just watch Sternburner. To me, he just looks like he's stuck in the mud. But don't really care. I mean, just he just needs to be a red zone target. He needs to catch touchdowns, and he's going to the Packers. So that's a beautiful thing. It Did, it could be a very beautiful thing. I, I I'm not ready to draft him in seasonal leagues unless it's super late or super deep draft, but he could be what Jimmy Graham never was for Green Bay. The only team that really jumps out as like making obvious major invest. Well, I guess two uh, improvements on the offensive line would be Atlanta and Houston. Atlanta used two first round picks on linemen Houston used a first and a second on alignment, although their first-round pick is a project, as we discussed on Friday's show, Titus Howard. So is their uh, second, or wherever they took the— Yeah, second round. I think Illinois State is where he went. Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. Max Sharpling. Sharping. 
Yeah, he's he's a project too. Um, oh, apparently, they were really pissed about Philadelphia jumping them for Andre Dillard. So yeah, Atlanta really stands out as the team that upgraded the most. And and, and let, we'll play a fun game. Can you pronounce the names of the offensive linemen that the Patriots took in rounds three and four? Uh, so in round three, they took West Virginia offensive lineman. First name is Y O D N Y. Yodney. Yodney. Yeah, like it is Rodney. Yodney. Last name is C A J U S U C A J U S T E. Cajuste. Is that what it is? I would have butchered that. I believe. He, well, he he did butcher it. That is not how you pronounce it. Oh. <laughs> well, then I'll take a stab at it. Uh, I'll, I'll just go with the phonetic. Kajust. That is correct. Yadni Kajust. Now, the second one is harder. Arkansas guard. Oh, yeah. Look at this name. <laughs> first name is H-J-A-L-T-E. H-J-A-L-T-E. Halte. <laughs> what, what was that? What you Halte. Halte. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Yelda. You're a cheater. I am. Yeah. Okay. For this one, I cheated. Yelda is the first name, and then the last one is F R O H H O F R O. Excuse me, F R O H O L D T. Froyo. <laughs> <laughs> Just kick out the D. It's Froholt. Yeah, Yelda Froholt, and Yadni Kajust. He's from. De- I know how to pronounce any name from Denmark. Saying I cheat when I'm looking at my computer and reading Yelda. it, I'm you know, I'm got my eyeballs like right on the screen. Like a, a terrific fantasy team name would be the legend of H J A L T E. Like very few because it's the the legend of Yelda, like Zelda. Right? Come on, that's actually really good. Name the last time you named your fantasy team after a lineman. Well, that's the thing, but I think it's pretty funny. So, well, of course, I think it's funny. I said it. Uh, Josh Rosen's on the Dolphins. Yeah. We're like 45 minutes into the podcast, and we're, we're getting to this now. Dave, it's only 40 minutes. Oh, sorry. Josh Rosen the, the is Dolphins, the Dolphins. The Dolphins front office played 3D chess on the Arizona Cardinals. It was unbelievable. I love what they did. But didn't the Cardinals say, like The rumor was um, a month ago that the Cardinals were trying to get a second-round pick for Josh Rosen, right? Okay. And the Cardinals got a second and a fifth round pick for Josh Rosen. Okay. It, well, I think things went pretty well for the Cardinals. I, listen, I, I'm not saying that it didn't go poorly for them, although they probably could have got the word out a lot sooner about Josh Rosen being available than what they actually did because they didn't want to leak that they were taking Kyler Murray at one. But the the second round pick they got from Miami came after Miami traded, traded their original down, second yeah. round pick for a future second round pick to move down 15 spots then they traded that pick to get Josh Rosen they it was masterful it was a master stroke by uh by the artist known as Chris Greer yeah i think i think it was a pick that made sense but and but, and now it, i think the dolphins did well in the draft too i think that they've got i love the pick of wilkins for their defensive line um, I don't know how well they're going to protect Josh Rosen this year, but the receiving core isn't bad. Um, Kenyon Drake, I think you can feel a little bit better about taking now that he doesn't have what Miles Gaskins is his new teammate slash competitor. I'm, that that doesn't worry me. Um, no one's drafting the Dolphins quarterback in a one quarterback league, 
But in two QB leagues, I think it's going to be fun to see how Fitzpatrick and Rosen do against each other. And my hunch is that Rosen wins out. I think we we should probably talk about veteran winners more in our next episode. But it's, you know, tr- uh, sorry. So NFL draft, free agency. The Colts really seem to be invested in Marlon Mack. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And don't forget about your 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 good friend, Lamar Miller. Yeah, you're right. Well, he's Bill O'Brien's good friend now. Yeah, you're right. Although they they signed Karan Higdon from Michigan. What happened to Gerald Willis, Dave? Oh, uh, who knows? Biggest what faller. You, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> biggest faller in the draft. He was uh, ranked. Well, Akeem Butler. Well, Butler. Gerald and Willis Calvin didn't Harman get drafted. For me, he didn't get yeah. drafted. He was he's a defensive lineman out of Miami. He's a 66th ranked player on CBS, and uh, got signed I didn't, by the. That Ravens. was not me. Well, no, no, it's not us. Um, it wasn't me. Um, I I like Butler. I think the opportunity is going to be there for him to play on the outside in Arizona. Because almost every other receiver they have there, Kirk can play on the outside. He might be better in the slot, although he's probably not going to be there now that they drafted Isabella. Isabella's a great fit for their offense. I just don't know how many targets he's going to get. I think Larry Fitzgerald is a loser. He's going to see his targets dwindle. And I think Butler could see quite a, quite a few targets. Speaking of Larry Fitzgerald, I'd like to wish a happy 86th birthday to Willie Nelson. <laughs> what does that have to do with Larry Fitzgerald? Old. He's old. Willie Nelson's old. Willie Nelson is old. So the other thing we're going to do on our next show is a dynasty draft, which we do every year, uh, usually the second episode after the NFL draft. Rookie only draft, Yeah, rookie right? only dynasty I've draft. Got, I'm ready. That. I've, already, I've already got my top 40 for nice. uh, the rookie draft. I do too. I'm just trying to see if there's anyone that we need to talk about that we haven't spoken about. The Cardinals added three receivers. They added Andy Isabella in round two, Hakeem Butler in round four, and Keyshawn Johnson in round six. The Seahawks added three receivers, round two, round four, and round seven. Yeah, Gary Jennings is a good one for them. I I just don't know how fantasy impactful he will be. Uh, The Bears drafted Riley Ridley in round four, wide receiver. He's a he's a he's a solid player. I don't see him being a huge contributor for them, maybe ever. There will be three weeks where he leads the team in targets. Right, sure. Like three weeks like where that. he has two targets. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He'll he'll I don't think he's ever gonna be somebody that you'll want to have on your fantasy team. Not like his brother. Riley's his middle name, by the way. Oh yeah? His his brother's Calvin Ridley. Did I say his that? brother is Calvin and his name is Kevin. Ah. Which is spelled Calvin without the L. Oh. Both of these guys were neighbors of mine. What? Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, what did I say? They were neighbors of yours? They grew up in the town in which I live. In Florida? I live in Florida, yes. Not the town you grew up in. like you. No, I, I did not grow up with them. <laughs> You're in the current, like they were recently neighbors. My current, current day hometown. They which shared a high Florida. school with where my son now goes. My son will not break their records. Your son went to high school with the Ridley brothers. No, he's going to the high school the Ridley brothers went to, except Riley went to a different high school his senior year. Riley is your son. <laughs> nope. So <laughs> I, I'm, and, I'm so totally kidding. I'm, no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I, I, I understood. <laughs> I understood a long time ago. Riley's my son. Calvin is not. Okay. I got gotcha. I'm being so. Uh, they're both good kids from this area. 
I forgot to mention our draft contest. Uh, I'll announce it again on, uh, I think we're pretty much done here. I'll announce it again on Thursday's show. I believe we'll be back on Thursday. So if you got six or more picks correct, and it's not just, uh, it's not just, I got six of the ten that were drafted in the top ten. It has to be in order. I got like one, two, three, four, eight, nine, whatever. Like it has to be in order. Keep that in mind. Um, if you got six or more correct, send me an email from your even even if you've already forwarded me the original email. What I want you to do is instead of forwarding me the original email, I want you to send me a fresh email that says I got six right, I got seven right, and then I will check because you can manipulate your forwarded email. You could go back and change what it originally said. I'm going to make sure that this contest does not have any cheaters. Um. So send me an email, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, only if you got six or more right. And I will go back and I will look and I will confirm that you got six or more right. If anybody has seven, you probably won. I will break any ties randomly. And I, Oh, no. It's, uh, in, if you projected Daniel Jones correctly is the tiebreaker. Uh, says who? I just did. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. That means he's going to go through all of them. So. Well, what if, what if the two teams or the two – Entries that tied didn't have Daniel Jones. What's the next tiebreaker? It's randomly, like Adam said. That's randomly. Okay. They have to play rock paper scissors via Skype. Understood. Now Benny Snell is my mail carrier's sister's son, (laughs) Um, and he went to day camp with my son's best friend's cousin. Did you see over the weekend that Adam said Daniel Jones is Phil Simms? No, this is interesting because Heath (laughs) said uh, Heath said that. Rightfully so. Like the funny thing is, I don't, I don't really disagree with Heath. Have you seen anyone with stats as bad as Daniel Jones uh, be good in the NFL? And we couldn't think of any on the air. And then Phil Sims did have bad stats, worse than Daniel Jones in college. And he had a he had a great career. He won one Super Bowl. He probably would have won two Super Bowls if he didn't get hurt. And yeah, he, he, had a, he well, I, I don't know if I should say that, but. You know he's better than Jeff Hostetler, but he, okay, he was he was an example of a guy who had bad stats in college and ended up with a great, you know, excellent, really good career. So that was my example. <laughs> All right, Gettleman. What did you have anything to say? The only thing I'll say is that my favorite waiter at my favorite Italian restaurant <laughs> knows the uncle of Devin Singletary. Okay, that could be. That could be. He went to FAU. No, but Heath, I mean, that's Heath seemed to think that Phil Simms had a bad NFL career. That's basically now, now, numerous <laughs> times I stated, and you can find the tweets. I am not saying that Phil Simms was not had a bad career. I I never said that he had a bad career. So what? What's the argument? So like, basically, the Phil Simms example holds up. Like that's no. a guy. Yes, no, it, it does because he played in college in the seventies. The standards for drafting an NFL quarterback were different in the 70s than they are in 2019. I think if Daniel Jones had just put this season together in 1979 and had his height and his size, he'd be the number one overall pick and he might have been a Hall of Famer. Okay, but, but he's still, but he's, <laughs> you're right. I don't like the Daniel Jones pick. I don't want to defend it, but Phil Sims had so bad stats. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying, Phil Stims was the answer to the question. Bad stats, good career. Okay. There, there we go. There, you, you did it, Adam. I, <laughs> we did it, Dave. We did? Dave Ridley. What's crazy is that my fraternity brother's We're out of younger here. brother. Thank you very Oh, that's you're talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> that's the one that's true. Yeah. 
Dave, Dave uh, was Wait, the Ridley Apple. brothers didn't really live in your neighborhood? No, they, they didn't. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. I, I don't know Benny Snell. Da, 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 da. No. Okay.